I was talking to a friend of mine who writes books on, on other pet topics. He said something like, until it's in black and white, you know, until something's written down, it can often be seen as kind of opinion or hearsay. And we're, we're bombarded with information all the time now, verbal information. Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. When I think about becoming an author, I often consider writing a great novel or perhaps a long magnum opus non-fiction book. But there are lots of other ways that you can become an author. There are lots of other different types of books that you can publish. And that's what we're going to cover in this week's podcast episode, where I interview a close personal friend, Sean McCormack, who's recently published a recipe book for dogs. Before all that, Let me tell you about a fitness tracker that I'm using and how it's impacting on my writing of all things. So I bought a fitness tracker that I heard about from a friend and also on the Joe Rogan podcast. It's called Whoop and basically it just sits on my wrist and it tracks my heart rate and it also tracks my sleep. I bought the fitness tracker because I'm a little bit nerdy and I like gadgets because I thought it helped me with my marathon training. It didn't really help with the marathon training, but it's given me some interesting insights. You see, I've often talked about the benefits of getting up early to write if you can't find time to work in your book or your manuscript, because in the morning, you know, it's quiet and you're less likely to be interrupted by work or face family commitments. And you're also going to feel fresh. Now, one thing I've done is reduced my amount of sleep so I could get up early to write. But according to the Whoop fitness tracker, this is actually not a great way to work at all. And it's impacting on my productivity. So it's actually encouraged me to go to bed earlier because writing in the morning is basically the only time where I can get a lot of time to work on a difficult project. The other insight that I've got from having a fitness tracker is just how important it is to track your output in different areas of your life. So fitness tracker is useful if you're training because you can review your heart rate during difficult exercises. You can review how much sleep you've gotten and you can adjust your performance the next day at the track or on the gym accordingly. You can also use this information, you know, to figure out when you should take a day off and when you should really push through. And the same actually applies to writing when you think about it, because when you're working on the first draft of a book or a manuscript, it's really helpful if you track your word count. And this is something that I do when I'm working on first drafts in particular. I like to set a word count for each day within a given week and try and hit that word count. Now, I'm not a hugely prolific writer in that I don't turn out a book every six weeks. But, you know, during a particularly intense creative period, I'll try and, you know, write 1,000 or 2,000 words every morning, depending on the subject matter. And I don't always hit that word count, but having a target to work towards encourages me to, you know, go at it a little bit longer. And I also like it because I can look back over the previous week or the previous month or the previous quarter and see what exactly I spent time on and did actually do the work or am I just fooling myself? The other lesson that I picked up from tracking my output is that it's not always useful to track your word count. You see, when you're editing a manuscript, you're probably going to be less interested in hitting a word count for the day than you are in working through your edits or in working through feedback from your editor. So when I reach this stage, what I like to do is to track how many hours or 30 minute blocks I've spent editing a manuscript. And I call these creative hours. And basically, I'll just look at how many creative hours are logged on a given week. And I'll typically try and log about 15 creative hours on a given week. And I'll track this in a spreadsheet. Like I said, I'm a little bit nerdy, but I find it does help me, again, see if I'm actually doing the work or if I'm just fooling myself. Because it's very easy to get distracted by all of the other things that can go with writing online. 
You can go down a rabbit hole on social media or you can find yourself browsing the latest gear and technology to buy like I did with that fitness tracker. Tracking your word counts doesn't work for every type of creative project either. You could be writing a recipe book or a cookbook, for example. And that's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast episode, where I interview a close friend, Sean McCormick. Sean is the head vet for Tails. If you haven't heard of Tails, they're based in the United Kingdom and they provide personalized dog food based on an algorithm to dog owners in the United Kingdom and also in France. And one thing that they've done recently to build up their business and build credibility around the brand is release a book. And the book is called The Happy Dog Cookbook. And it contains over 20 recipes which you can make for your dog and which you can also eat yourself. So in this week's interview, I asked Sean about why he and Tails decided to write a cookbook in the first place. And we also talk about the value of writing ideas down in something like a book rather than just speaking about them in a podcast episode like this on a video. Sean also talks about how he managed to turn around a first draft for his co-author who helped him write the book in just a few weeks. He also describes how he role tested the recipes inside of the book and gets into how Tails itself is using blogging or content marketing to build the business. But I started by asking Sean to explain exactly what Tails does and why they decided to write a cookbook for dogs in the first place. Yeah, so Tails.com are a pet food brand, quite unique pet food brand, uh, because we're delivering tailor-made food to dogs and their owners, obviously. And so we design diets around a dog's individual needs rather than design a kind of one-size-fits-all pet nutrition. So we're a tech company and we're a company founded by dog lovers who saw that the pet food industry was maybe quite behind the times in terms of personalization and using technology. And basically the way it works is dog owners come online, tell us in a two or three minute consultation online about their dog and all the detail we need to design an ideal diet for that dog. And our algorithm basically selects the ideal diet um, based on all the current research on uh, dog nutrition and um, we deliver a tailored recipe to the dog every month. It's not a subscription business that ties people in. Um, Our owners can kind of cancel or or delay or move around their deliveries as they wish. And it's growing from strength to strength. Customers really love us. We've got a 9.7 out of 10 rating on Trustpilot. And our mission is to change the world of pet food for good with our growth and everything we seem to be doing that. So it's been a real real success and a real privilege for me to work as head vet uh, with them. And how long has Tails been going for when was it established? Yeah, so it was um, established in 2014. We just had our fifth birthday. And when I joined about just nearly four years ago, there was about 30 people. We're now on, I think, about 185 people on the team now. And we're feeding over 1.5% of UK dogs after just five years of trading, which is pretty good in a, in a fairly crowded marketplace. So yeah, five years. Um, so we're kind of moving out of the kind of startup phase and um, really consolidating and growing now. And Tails is in France as well? Yeah, we moved into France um, earlier this year. Um, we have plans to kind of further expand in Europe, despite the, the B word, Brexit. Uh, we're still going ahead with that for now. And um, yeah, growing our customer base all the time. What kind of customers is Tails working with? I mean, lots of people have dogs. I'm sure it's a particular type of dog owner who wants custom food. Um, all kinds. So I guess um, we're, you know, nearly a quarter of UK um, households have a dog. Um, so it is a huge um, number um, and all kinds of people. So when I first heard about Tails.com, you know, creating bespoke diets, my initial um, skepticism was it must be quite an expensive or boutique product. Um, 
or you know how are they tailoring to that level individually at scale um, but we are because we're a tech company. No one has the kind of um, tech capabilities that we have to do it. Um, but we cross all ends of the market. We're not just, you know, high end, expensive, um, you know, kind of grain free and fresh meat. We provide all kinds of food. So our customers are really, really varied as well from people who buy kind of supermarket own brand pet foods right up to the more kind of expensive ingredients and kind of fresh meat based dog food. So all corners of the market, all kinds of customers, supermarket mom to young couples to, you know, kind of more affluent people who are spending um, quite a bit on their pets as, you know, kind of luxury items and luxury purchases for their pets. But yeah, we cater to every dog owner and every dog. And one of the ways that you're getting the message out is through the Happy Dog Cookbook. How do you think a, a cookbook will help Tails build the business? Yeah, so we're a nutrition brand, first and foremost. We really believe in the power of um, nutrition and the fact that we can improve the lives of dogs and their owners through quality nutrition and tailored nutrition. Um, and the cookbook that I wrote um, was an idea brewing in, in my mind for quite some time. And as a brand, I guess, uh, Tails were very kind of um, supportive of me writing it because it kind of is a, a physical embodiment of our brand in some ways. A lot of the messaging in there aligns with what, what we stand for in terms of pet nutrition as a brand. It's helping people with useful information around how to treat your dog in a healthy, nutritious and responsible way. There's a lot of health and welfare uh, messaging and, and diet um, kind of uh, tips in there about keeping your dog's weight under control, for example. So it's a treat cookbook, but it has you know responsible messaging about how to treat well and um, that we believe that treats are an important part of the bonding experience between pets and their owners. And we wanted to give people a way to do it um, in a way that was beneficial and fun. So it's massively aligned with what we stand for as a brand. And it's a good way of getting a, a kind of physical embodiment of our brand into people's kitchens in a, in a fun way. Um, and it's for a good cause as well. It's for a charity called Street Vet. All the profits are going to them. And um, they provide free veterinary care to pets of homeless people. I know the book is just out at the time of recording, but have you had much feedback from dog owners or readers? Yeah, absolutely. So the the response has been overwhelmingly positive, quite surprising, really, and kind of overwhelmed with the amount of um, feedback and, and praise and um, love for it. Um, so people are buying it and, and receiving it um, in the post as we speak. I think you've got a copy yourself, Brian, do you? I do indeed. Yeah, I have it here on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. So yeah, no, it's been overwhelmingly positive. A lot of people getting behind it and a lot of people really loving the kind of fun aspect of it, but also, you know, like a lot of veterinary feedback that it's great, that it contains, you know, um, kind of responsible messaging around dog health and feeding, weight control and things like that as well. And yeah, a huge response on social media about it. And we've got quite a bit of media coverage as well, um, radio and print um, and, and lots of things going on. So it's been a, a very busy time since launch. So do you think a, a book is a good way for a company to build a brand or establish itself as a thought leader within a particular area? Absolutely. Yeah, I was talking to um, a friend of mine who writes books on, on other pet topics, something like until it's in black and white, you know, until something's written down, it can often be seen as kind of opinion or um, hearsay. And we're, we're bombarded with information all the time now, um, verbal information. But a book is a really, really good way of kind of laying out your cards as a brand or as a business and saying, look, we are thought leaders and we have kind of authority on this subject and we're a brand to be trusted. So I think it's a really, really good way of a business kind of, you know, pinning their uh, their sails in a mast, as it were, and, uh, and putting themselves out there with what they believe in and what they stand for. How did you go about creating the recipes? 
Um, well, I'm a big foodie. I, I love to cook and I love eating and I love uh, trying out new things in the kitchen. So um, a lot of the recipes were kind of like tweaked along the way or, or things I'd already made myself. Um, and I just thought like, how would we make this safe or nutritious for dogs? So all of the recipes in the book can be eaten by humans. Some of them might be a little lacking in our uh, there's not butter or sugar or, or any of those things that make a lot of our baking quite good, but quite unhealthy for us. Um, it's all really good stuff for dogs. So um, I had a few of them written down over the years. Um, I researched kind of a variety of recipes that would be different formats. So there's biscuits in there, there's burgers, there's meatloaf, there's um, egg bakes, there's muffins, there's all kinds of things. And I just devised them basically on um, adapting recipes I already knew or had to make them dog friendly. And I understand you co-wrote the book. So how did you find the co-writing process? Yeah, so um, I'm the author and it's featuring a well-known author, Annabelle Carmel, who's a family feeding expert. She's written a lot of um, child and toddler um, recipes. And she's also a dog lover. And she got in touch with us um, to collaborate because she loved the Tales.com brand. Um, and that's when I said, okay, well, actually, this is a good opportunity to, um, to write the recipe book for dogs that I've been thinking of for a long time. Um, it was great. It was um, really good to learn from Annabelle. She's a, you know, she has 45 cookbooks under her belt. So seeing her recipes and, and ideas come in and how she wrote them and what she called them and things was very good for me to learn how to make a recipe cookbook fun and interesting for the reader. Um, we worked kind of independently, but collaboratively as well. So I talked to her about, you know, dog nutrition and what we could and couldn't use in, in the recipes, so more of a technical nutrition angle. And she talked to me about what kind of span of recipes we should include and how to write a good, um, a good cookbook as well. It's my first one. It's her 46th one. So really good collaboration. Um, a bit of feedback back and forth between us about tweaking things and kind of uh, making them dog safe. But really good um, collaborative process. I really enjoyed it. Did the process take long? Um, overall, uh, probably took kind of four to five months from kind of um, deciding we were going to do it to, to kind of launch, um, which was quite tight, actually. We kind of decided we were going to do it and wanted it in, on the market before Christmas gifting season, because it does make a great Christmas gift for dog lovers. Um, and then working back on our timelines, we realized, actually, we need to write this uh, pretty sharpish. So only had a few weeks, really, to, to write the first draft. So, you know, it was quite an intense initial period of, of writing. Um, but actually, I think my style is that I need that uh, pressure on to do it. I mean, a little bit of a procrastinator when it comes to it. So just looking at the tail site, I, like apart from the book, Tales relies on a lot of uh, content marketing uh, to, mm-hmm. to build up the brand. So for example, there's a series of posts here. I think one is five small dog breeds with a big personality. Uh, yeah. So do you work closely with the team who writes the posts or how, how does it come about? I do, yeah. So um, that's part of my role as content generation. Um, as head vet for Tales, part of my role is to be the voice of dog, dog expert. Um, um, so the way it works with content writing is we have a copyright, we have a copywriting team um, basically for the website. And I would sit down with them every two to three weeks and they would give me some briefs on topics they want to cover. And verbally, I will just talk to them about what key points we need to put across 
what the kind of technical aspects are. You know, if it's health and nutrition, especially, I would almost write the article and they would take notes and then they'd go off and, and work their uh, copywriting magic on it and come back um, to me for an approval step that it's all accurate and correct. Some of the ones like you just mentioned, you know, five dog breeds, we're absolutely, you know, a dog loving company. Everyone in the business is dog mad. So we have a lot of dog experts on team. So those kind of ones, they don't need a lot of input from me. There's a lot of dog experts who can write them themselves. So copywriting team, write them, but anything anything kind of technical, health, welfare, nutrition related um, would kind of go through myself or our lead nutritionist, Dr. Samantha Ware, if it's a, a very technical nutrition topic. So I think uh, tail stands out because of the way it approaches content marketing like and even to, to go to the steps of writing a book. So do, do you think that content marketing is important if a company wants to set itself apart from competitors, particularly a new company? Because the dog industry strikes me as one where there are many established companies out there. Yeah, there's lots of established companies. There's also lots of up and comers. There's lots of brands that are trying to do something um, different or, or new. And I think yeah, content marketing is, is really important for us. We have a, a premise and a proposition that is different and unique. Um, so there's an element of having to build trust and kind of prove that we know what we're talking about when it comes to dogs and dog health and dog nutrition. So um, content marketing is a really, really good way of establishing that in the same way as the book is. We know what we're talking about. You can trust us. Um, you know, we've got your dog's uh, diet covered. Um, so it's a really important part of, of um, how we market and how we um, get new customers and how we keep the ones that we've, we've already got. Just to go back to the recipes, did, did you go about testing the recipes with dog owners or other dogs first? Yeah, yeah. So all the recipes um, I've made myself. Um, we got a few members, close members of my team at Tails to, to do some recipe testing as well. And we got a professional recipe tester to make sure they were all exactly correct and there wasn't any um, kind of not working or needing kind of tweaking of quantities and stuff. So it was a, a fairly uh, rigorous testing process. We didn't want to put out anything that you know, wasn't going to work or didn't taste quite right. And then uh, taste testing, <laughs> we all in the office, human taste tested, but um, we have lots of dogs in the office as well. And they all gave it a, a, a good tail wag on, on all the recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Our doggy yeah. taste, taste testing panel <laughs> approved. Yeah, I like, I like that. How are you promoting the book at the moment? Um, so uh, we've done um, a lot on social media. So our, our social media team are um, scheduling different angles, you know, talking about the book, talking about the recipes. We posted um, a couple of the recipes on our blog. Um, myself, or, or us, Tails, and Annabelle Carmel's um, social team have a series of posts about it. But we've also got quite a bit of attention um, from, from the media. So I've done, I think, 14 radio interviews so far about it. Um, we have a bit of interest from a couple of um, TV shows uh, later this month and early next month potentially happening. And then word of mouth. I mean, a lot of people are posting about it on social media themselves. Now they're getting it and I'm starting to cook recipes from it. So um, yeah, social media has been, you know, really vital for us at Tails. We, we use it a lot. It's one of our main kind of customer acquisition channels. And dog owners love to talk about their dogs and, and they love, uh, you know, kind of feel good aspect of doing something good for their dog and doing something good for charity by buying the book. So a lot of it is kind of just user generated content and, and, um, and social posts. Just to play devil's advocate, um, mm -hmm. is it a good use of time to cook food for a dog or am I just better getting dog food in the shop? 
Well, we believe that, you know, a tailored kind of quality dog food um, designed for, for the individual dog's needs is the foundation of a dog's diet. And this book is about treating. It's not about home cooking your entire dog's diet because it's actually very, very difficult to produce a home cooked balanced diet for every dog. Um, so actually, you know, we're firm believers, I'm firm believer that a good quality um, dog food is its basis of the diet. And then it's, yeah, I think it's a great use of time to cook occasional indulgent and delicious treats for your dog that also carry um, a health benefit. So we've included recipes in there, for example, for, you know, dogs with stiff joints. Um, we've included kind of um, salmon for omega-3 for dogs with stiff joints. We've included recipes for dogs with sensitive digestion, with itchy skin, things like that. So it is absolutely a good use of time. But I would say that, you know, the fundamental thing is to feed a good quality um, commercial dog food that's designed with animal nutritionists, you know, because it is difficult to do it, do it yourself at home. You mentioned there that there are dogs in the tails workplace, but don't, yeah. dogs, don't dogs get in the way of getting, getting work done? Uh, quite the contrary, actually. So um, there's a lot of studies coming out of the US, um, some of the big corporations over there that have had an office dog policy for many years, and studies showing that having dogs in the workplace actually on a regular basis, if it's well managed, um, increase productivity in the workplace, have benefits on kind of team cohesion, and generally elevate uh, the mood in a, in a workplace. And we found that definitely with Tales.com, that having dogs there, you know, puts them at the heart of everything we do. People who haven't owned dogs on the team, you know, really get to experience dog ownership and, and um, what joyful creatures they are uh, to have around. And obviously, there needs to be some kind of rules and guidelines in place. We can't have, you know, 30 dogs off lead running around all day in the office. It would be kind of a bit chaotic, but um, it's really well managed and actually it just makes it a really pleasant place to work. And yeah, I think it definitely boosts mood and boosts productivity. So, I, I mean, I, I get that white tails would be agreeable to that approach to having dogs in the workplace. But yeah. are other companies allowing dogs in the workplace? Yeah, we're seeing it more and more. So every year for uh, Bring Your Dog to Work Day, which happens in June, it's a national uh, day to bring your dog to work. And um, more and more companies are actually getting in touch with us. And I've been to um, a few of them on that day to kind of help out and to speak about dogs in the workplace and, and things. And yeah, we're seeing it more and more that people are becoming open to it. Um, you need to be careful if you're thinking about it, that, you know, you don't have members of the team who are afraid of dogs or allergic to dogs and things like that. Um, but if it's well managed and you have a good office dog policy and everyone's clear on expectations, I think it's an absolute no-brainer for most businesses. It makes for a very happy work environment normally. And finally, do you have an ideal early morning routine at the moment? Um, I don't really. My days vary quite a bit. So uh, today I'm working from home. Um, I try and just you know treat it as a normal work day get up, shower, have coffee, have breakfast and, and, and get down to it um, pretty quickly. In the office, you know, I think just spending, I normally spend kind of half an hour, an hour um, checking emails first, but try every day to kind of say, right, what are my top three priorities that I need to focus on today? Keep those in mind and, and, and um, dedicate time in the diary to them. Um, I think that's a good, a good way uh, that I kind of maintain productivity. Otherwise, kind of tend to drift off and do try and do seven things at once and get nothing done. So that's my uh, my top tip is just you know prioritize the top three and um, dedicate some time to them. But yeah, my kind of role varies. So sometimes I'm out of the office traveling, or might be speaking at a conference, or I'm going to a conference, or I might be working from home. Um, so it's fairly variable. But I think yeah, keeping the top three things in mind each day is is my big tip. 
So where can people find out more information about the Happy Dog Cookbook? So um, we've uh, information on tales.com um, about it. So you can go to our website. Um, it's available online to buy at the moment on Amazon, Foils and Waterstones. And you can have a look on our social media as well. Um, but as I say, yeah, it's a, it's a great gift for dog lovers. I'm hoping people will buy it and all the proceeds are going to Street Vet, which is a really amazing charity that I'm so happy to support. Oh, well, it was great to talk to you today. Thanks, Sean. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, please leave a rating on the iTunes store. And if you want to accomplish more with your writing, please visit becomearitertoday.com forward slash join and I'll send you a free email course. Thanks for listening.